The focus of the final parak of the Masechta is something which we've already discussed quite a bit, and that is the prohibition against wasting Truma. And there are two basic rules which will govern most of the Mishnayas, and that is number one, Truma must be either eaten, drunk, or rubbed on one's body. And number two, it has to be consumed in its regular way. So for example, you would be able to rub oil on one's body, because that's a regular use of oil, but you wouldn't be able to rub wine on your body because that's not a regular use of wine. So begins the Mishnah. One may not place pressed figs or dried figs into murios. Murios is some sort of fish mixture. It contains fish oil mixed with salt and water. And what they would often do is they would add figs and some other fruit into this mixture of a murios. The murios would absorb the taste of the fig and then they would take the fig out squeeze out the juice, and then chuck the fig. Now, if that fig is a trimmer fig, of course you can't chuck it out. So what the mission is telling us, it's not telling us that you can't put the fig in, rather it's telling us that if you do put the fig into the murios, then you're forbidden to chuck that fig out because it's trimmer. So either you'll have to eat the fig with the murios, or eat it by yourself, or don't do it in the first place, don't add it into the murios. We need trimmer Abaddon, because he chucks away the figs, and that's forbidden if the figs are trimmer. However, says the mission, Avonason Sayayin La Murios, one would be allowed to add wine into the Murios, that was also a regular use of the wine, that's why it's permitted, and of course you're not going to chuck out the wine after you've added it into the Murios, and therefore there's no waste going on, so it is permitted. Next case of the mission, one is not allowed to add spices to oil in order to improve the oil's scent and smell, and the reason for this is because after they would add the spices into the oil, they would take the spices out and chuck them. Now the truth is, that in itself is not a problem, because the regu- one of the regular uses of spices is in order to give its, its scent to something else, like the oil, and then to chuck them away. So that itself is not the forbidden part. The forbidden part of this activity is that there is oil which is absorbed into the spices, and if that oil is trimmer oil, and then the spices are chucked away, so you're also chucking away trimmer oil, and that is forbidden. So over here we're not discussing whether spices are trimmer, because that would be okay, you can chuck away trimmer spices once they've been used. But if the, tr- if the oil is trimmer, then it is a problem, because you are chucking away part of the trimmer oil. But the next case is, one is allowed to make wine into a mixture called yenomlin, which is where they would add honey and pepper into wine. That was a common beverage which was made, so it's permitted, and nothing was chucked away, so it is all permitted. Now the mission ends off with an interesting machlekes, and that is, according to the Tanakama, a mavashlin yayin shal One is forbidden to cook trimmer wine, because this is also considered wasting it. Now why exactly is it considered wasting it? So there's a machleik as how to understand this, but we're going to understand it as because it reduces the volume of the wine. Because if you cook wine, you're boiling it up, and some of it evaporates, turns into smoke, and escapes the wine. So by cooking the wine, you're wasting part of it, and therefore it's forbidden. However, Rabbi Yehuda Mater, Rabbi Yehuda permits it, because it improves the wine, meaning that it causes the wine to last longer. So really, it's not considered wasting it. In fact, it's the opposite according to Rabbi Yehuda. You're causing it to last longer, and so it is permitted to do this according to Rabbi Yehuda. Mishnah Beis, just like it's forbidden to waste trimmer, it's also forbidden to decrease the quality of the trimmer. And because of that, in general, one is forbidden to squeeze fruit into the juices, because the fruit is considered better quality when it's whole, not when it's in a juice. Now, there are two exceptions to this, and that is oil and wine, because the Torah specifically mentions these two liquids as having trimmer status. The reason being that these two actually are greater quality than the fruit. 
Wine is considered better quality than grapes, and oil is considered also at least as good quality as the, as the olives. But other than grapes and olives, it's forbidden to squeeze fruit into juices. The question is, what happens if someone does do that? Do the fruit juices gain trimmer status? Are they considered like the fruit themselves or not? So the answer is, it's machleke. Says the Mishnah, Dvash tomorrow, honey which comes out of dates, if the dates are squeezed, tapochem, or wine which is made out of honey, or vinegar which is made out of grapes which only ripen in the winter so those grapes would, would typically produce vinegar rather than wine and really any other fruit of trimmer which somebody squeezed and turned into juice says the mission obligates one who eats that by mistake to pay Karen Vachemesh, meaning that according to Rebiliezer, the fruit juices have the same status as the fruit themselves. So the juices do have the status of truma, even though it was forbidden to make the juices, and even though they're worse quality than the fruit, nevertheless they still come from the fruit, it's just in juice form, and therefore according to Rebiliezer, it is considered truma. However, Rebiliezer exempts one who eats it by mistake from paying Karen Vachemesh, because according to Rebiliezer, it is not considered truma. The juices are not considered the same as the fruit themselves. Now, Rabbi Yeshua would obligate the person to pay back the value of what he ate, or of what he drank. That's just the Karen, though. But he does not need to pay as Karen Mochemesh as an atonement, rather just as compensation for eating trimmer of the Koyanim. And now the Mishnah continues with another machlek between Rabbi Yezer and Rabbi Yeshua with regards to fruit juices. And that is that we know that in order for something, for food, to become tome, it has to first have come into contact with a liquid. And the Mishnah elsewhere lists seven liquids which if they come into contact with food, then the food can become tome. The question is, are those seven liquids a definitive list, that it's just these seven liquids and no others, or are they just examples and really any other liquids would also be included? So according to Rebeliezer, other liquids are also included, so Rebeliezer metam mishumashke, Rebeliezer holds that these juices do have a certain degree of tuma power, they do make food able to become tome, and he learns from a posuk because the posuk says that one of the things which is included in these liquids is the cholmashka sheyu shose. Any liquid, any drink which is drunk. However, Omar Yeshua Yeshua said le monu chachom fatomim. The chachom didn't count the seven liquids as somebody who counts p- spices. This is referring to somebody who sells spices. And what they would often do is they would go around the marketplace announcing what spices they're selling. And they would often miss one out and then add it in later. The point is when spice merchants announced their spices, that was not a definitive list. But Yeshua says the chachom didn't count the, the liquids like that. Ela Omru rather they said, There are seven liquids which have this tumor ability, the ability to make things susceptible to tumour, but all other liquids are pure and cannot make food able to become tome. So contrary Shua, these fruit juices are not considered one of the seven liquids, and if food comes into contact with a fruit juice, the food still cannot become tome. Mishnah Gimel, the first half of this Mishnah is what he explained in the introduction to the previous Mishnah, and that is that since most fruit are set aside for eating, and they're considered better quality when they're whole and eaten as fruit, you're not allowed to squeeze them into juices. But of course the exception is olives and grapes, because the quality of wine and oil is considered greater than the quality of grapes or olives. And therefore, says the Mishnah, one is not allowed to make dates into honey. He can't squeeze the dates. He can't squeeze apples and make them into wine. He can't turn these grapes, which only ripen in the winter, into vinegar. And the same applies to all other types of fruit. 
someone is not allowed to change them from what they were created as meaning you're not allowed to squeeze them into liquid but truma v'maiseshani if they are truma or maiseshani maiseshani is the tenth one's produce which he takes up through Yerushalayim and it is also forbidden to waste maiseshani but as we said before the exception is olives and grapes only now because we just mentioned an exception which applies only to grapes and olives, we're going to mention several more cases where the oil from olives and the wine from grapes are considered different to other liquids which come from other fruit. And the first of those cases is in Sofkin Arboim from Orla. One does not receive 40 lashes, the punishment of Malchus, for eating from an Orla tree. An Orla tree is a tree which is in its first three years since it's been planted and therefore it's forbidden to eat the fruit of the tree. For the first three years of a fruit tree's life, one is not allowed to eat the fruit, and if one does, then he would generally get malchus. The question is, what happens if he eats the juice of that fruit? So in general, you would not be obligated, but the exception is, except for if you consumed the juices which came out of olives or grapes, i.e. you consumed oil or wine. In that case, you would receive malchus as if you had the fruit themselves, because since a very main purpose of grapes and oil is to turn them into the liquid, the liquid has the same status as the fruit themselves. So you would be chayev malchus, you would get lashes for consuming that if it was orla, but that again only applies to olives or grapes. Next case is ve'emavim bekurim mashkim, one is not allowed to bring liquids as bekurim, and bekurim is the first fruit which ripens on the tree, and those fruit are brought up to Yerushalayim and given to a kohen. And the Torah says, v'lokachto mireshis kol adoma, you need to take from the first fruit of the ground, which implies that you have to take up and give to a Kohen the actual fruit. You can't turn it into a juice and then give that to the Kohen. However, the exception is, except for that which comes out of olives and grapes. And this is learned from Pesukim, where we compare Bikurim to Truma. So just like Truma applies to olives and grapes, sorry, to oil and wine, so too Bikurim can be bought from, olive, from oil and wine, and not just olives and grapes. Thirdly, as you mentioned in the previous Mishnah, according to Rabbi Yeshua, regular fruit juices cannot become tome and cannot make other food able to become tome by coming into contact with that liquid. Except for that which comes out of olives and grapes, because that is considered a liquid which can, number one, become tome and number two, make other food able to become tome. And final case, one is not allowed to ever bring up and offer up on the Mizbeach any fruit juices. However, there are two liquids which are brought up on the Mizbeach, which come from fruit, and that is that which comes out of olives and grapes. Oil was brought with some of the carbonus, and wine was pulled down the Mizbeach, but all other fruit juices can certainly not be brought onto the Mizbeach. Because we've been discussing the liquid which emerges from fruit, the mission now goes on to discuss other extensions of fruit, and that is namely the stalks of figs, ogregros, and dried figs, vaklisim. This is some other type of fig, vehechoruven, and the stalks of carobs, shelteruma. If the fruit are truma, then the stalks are also asurum nazarim, forbidden for non carnim to consume. And these are just examples of edible stalks. Non edible stalks, of course, don't have any truma status because they're not even edible. But these stalks, which are partly edible, are forbidden for non-carnim to consume because they do have some of the taste of the fruit themselves, and therefore they have the same status as the fruit, so they are forbidden for non-carnim to consume.